0: Talk about things you never thought you'd say before, but everyone say it with me out loud. Thank you, Coach Prime. Thank you, Deion Sanders. Thank you for helping OU elevate from the number five overall recruiting class in the 2023 rankings to the number four overall class in the 2023 rankings. I never thought, Parker, that I would ever thank Coach Prime for anything but he helps so you have a top 4 recruiting class right now. How about that? The upset of all upsets. Yeah, we all knew that
1: Cormani flip was coming, Tyler, eventually. I hadn't really considered the trickle-down effect that that was going to have on the recruiting rankings because, you know, it's easy it, everybody thinks about, "Oh yeah, that's going to move Colorado up." Not as quickly does it jump to your mind that, "Oh yeah, that's going to move Miami down." Yeah. Like down substantially. So Oklahoma now up to the number five recruiting class and the number four overall class in the 2023 rankings by virtue of five-star cornerback Cormani McClain's flip from Miami to Colorado, and they are mere decimals. Behind LSU for the number four class right now. So, based on the way that the rankings shuffle over these last couple weeks, as the industry makes their final updates, we've already seen the final one, from ah, on three. Yeah. We've seen we, ha- we have we've yet to see the final updates from rivals from ESPN from twenty four seven. There's a chance. There's a chance that Oklahoma
0: ends up leapfrogging LSU to end up with the number four. class. Wow, man. Well, okay. Is it weird to say, yeah? Oh, you got a top four class this year. Or can you only say like top five and they finished at number four? It is top four? Yeah, top like four a, just sounds weird. Okay. Like, I, you know, you just want to flex, though. Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: people will say, like, I, oh man, you know what it always makes me think of? Top, like, absurdly specific number, like, insert absurdly specific number here. What, what it always makes me think of is Chris McClellan. You remember the defensive <laughs> oh, tackle yeah. from Owasso? Oh, yeah. uh, his first cut down. Uh his first top schools list was a top seventeen. Yeah, I was like, What so are weird. we doing here? Yeah. Just
0: add seventeen, just add three more, Chris. Come yeah, on. And you know
1: what was funny was the seventeen were every single one of his offers except Oklahoma State. Oh. So the cut down
0: was his way of saying, I'm not going to Oklahoma State. Uh yeah, he's is he still at Florida? Is that what's going he's on still with Chris? Florida. Clover? He actually played quite a bit as a freshman. Yeah, good for good for him. How about our first text of the day from the nine one eight? Well 918 area code currently not in the 918 according to this text listening from Tiberias Israel where it's 10 p.m. who's more locked in than that wow at 10 p.m. you're listening yep. at night in you Israel. are welcome to the show you
1: are today's locked in listener of the day of
0: the week uh yeah i can we just go ahead and shut down the voting on that one i, I think that that's fair yeah, so um Miami, man, they took a tumble after that. And and like you said, you don't really think about it that way, but the current uh, 2023 team rankings, Alabama number 1, Georgia number 2, Texas at 3, OU at 4, Ohio State at 5, LSU at 6, Miami all the way back at 7, Notre Dame at 8, Tennessee at 9, Oregon at 10. We said all the way back in August, June, July, that this had a great chance to be the highest-ranked recruiting class of the modern era for OU. And that was true two days ago, but it's true today more than it ever has been, this cycle, essentially. Yeah, man.
1: I'm very curious to see how much movement there is, simply by virtue of the final rankings updates here in the next couple weeks. Because, again... I think when you look at what some of Oklahoma's signees did at the All-American game in Orlando and the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, there's potential for a lot of upward mobility. You would think so.
0: Well, we talked about that yesterday, right? It's like in the final 24-7 sports update, like – are we going to see something similar as to what we saw from the New On Three rankings? And you and you think that yes, you think that that's absolutely going to be the case? How can you not elevate PJ Adibare <laughs> after what he did in Orlando? Again,
1: you know any any recruiting service that has him outside the at the very least the top twenty five in their final
0: rankings? I, I, I don't know what we're doing at that point. <laughs> Who hit Miami harder, Dexter Morgan or Deion Sanders? Mm. Yeah. While Florida and Miami were battling with each other down the stretch, Dion was just kind of sitting back and being like, uh, watch this, I got this. He might get a former Miami commit. Well, he's already gotten a former Miami commit. Maybe he's going to get a former Florida commit. Because Jaden Rashada reportedly is <laughs> Who's visiting, also a former Miami commit. <laughs> yeah, visiting Colorado very soon here. So... See, you might be cleaning house here down the stretch.
1: I don't think he ends up at Colorado. ASU? I think he ends up at Arizona State right now. Because I I did not realize this until it was uh, mentioned in a tweet by our Brandon Huffman at 24-7 Sports. But Rashada is an Arizona State legacy. That's where his dad played. And I know Oregon was a very favorable landing spot, a potential landing spot for Rashada before Kenny Dillingham left. And with Dillingham now the head coach at Arizona State, I wonder... If the Sun Devils move pretty quickly uh, to get Rashada locked down, and I, I I would be willing to bet there would be folks with some influence in Arizona State circles that will pony up enough money to make it worth Jaden Rashad's while to oh.
0: fork up. Yeah, I, I I don't doubt that either. So Dion gets the number one corner in back-to-back classes. Travis Hunter and Cormani McLean. I guess being one of the best corners, if not the best corner of all time, uh, really pays off. Corner recruiting is going to be very good at Colorado moving forward. I, at Jackson State in Colorado, like regardless of what you think of Dion or what's going to happen, to pull off the number one corner in back to back classes at Jackson State and see, like Colorado, that's big time, dude. That's big time. It's impressive. And now the question is like, okay, here, here's
1: my concern, Tyler. And Steely and I talked about this with George Stoya in the 12 o'clock hour. Everybody's talking about what a godsend Deion Sanders could be for the Colorado football program and how he could be their savior. There's also a chance this crashes and burns yeah, in sure. catastrophic fashion. And I think, to be honest with you, if that happens, it's going to be because Dion is susceptible to the same issues, honestly, that Muleshoe is susceptible to out at USC. You build a team from the outside in, You are always overmatched in the trenches. And so, it remains to be seen in my eyes, and I'm going to be very curious to see in the long run, whether Deion Sanders can recruit the type of elite talent up front that you need to win football games against the truly – prestigious institutions in college football.
0: Yeah, USC and UCLA about to leave the league, so I, I do think Colorado is positioned in that conference to... You know, I, I think there'll probably be some highs and lows with that, but with the highs, I think that um, Colorado, you might see them play for a Pac-12 championship a year or two. We'll see. We'll see if he's... If Florida State ever calls, I got to think Dion's going to say, Peace! to Boulder really? and head to Tallahassee. I, I don't know. I just wonder... If he sees the Colorado job as somewhere he wants to be for eight to ten years, yeah, maybe, maybe now, it is. I don't know. Now, I
1: from what I understand, the relationship between Dion and Florida State is not as rosy as many would be led to believe by virtue well, of the actually fact. after the Travis Hunter thing last year. It's probably not. Yeah. It, well, and even before <laughs> then, though, like I guess Florida and or Florida State and Deion Sanders weren't on the best of terms. But Mike Norvell bought himself a bunch of additional job security with his team's performance this past season. Uh, he's probably there at least two more years, even if things turn downhill very sharply here. And I don't foresee that happening. I really like where Florida stands right now as a program. But Deion Sanders at Colorado is, you know, he's, he's either the type of guy that's going to bring that program back to the halcyon days of the early 90s where they were competing for national championships. Or this is going to be the type of deal where two to three years down the road we're going to look back on it and we're going to be like, hey, remember when everybody was stoked about Deion Sanders at Colorado and then they just got manhandled up front for three straight seasons? I, again, I don't question that Deion Sanders is going to be able to recruit elite skill position talent defensively or offensively for that matter. Yeah, My question is, Can you recruit along the defensive line and the offensive line to such a degree as to put yourself in position to contend not just for Pac-12 championships but for college football playoff bursts? Because especially in the age of the expanded playoff, a
0: 12-team field, at a certain point, that's going to become the expectation at Colorado. It's a good question. To be fair, they're asking that right now in uh, Los Angeles, California, the exact same thing that you just pointed out. So not the only school in the Pac-12 that's wondering if he's going to get those type of players. Brian in Tulsa says, Do we think that CU gives USC a game in Boulder next year? Um, do, do I think CU gives USC a game? Yeah, I think that they could give them a game. Do I think CU's going to win that game? I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go there yet in, like, game four or five of the season when they play. You remember when all
1: those OU fans – well, I shouldn't say all those OU fans. You remember when the text line was beefing with Dylan Edwards for months because they were fed up with the kid?
0: Uh, Yeah, I actually got one recently, like, Thank God we weren't yeah. in on this kid Just late. watch. Watch. Colorado's going to
1: upset USC in Boulder behind a 350-all-purpose yard, five-touchdown performance from true freshman running back Dylan Edwards. Can- and he will be a cult hero among Sooner fans forever.
0: Caleb Williams going to cook both of them. That's on the text line. Frisco Sooner says, guys, does Colorado have that big of an NIL presence? And if so, where is the money coming from? My thoughts are once new wears off, uh, program stays mediocre for Dion. Yeah, okay, here's here's what you have to understand.
1: Right now, Colorado's NIL has more to do with Dion than it does to do with any BMDs or prominent organizational figures, graduates, boosters, etc. Because Dion, as an individual, has such a lucrative brand. Yeah. Now, he had Barstool back at him at Jackson State. Exactly. Right? Now... Colorado, in my mind, is going to have to win in order to get everybody in terms of the boosters and the BMDs on board with shelling out major dollars to keep the recruiting at an elite level or rather to get it at an elite level. It's already at a pretty dang good level uh, with Dion not much more than what, seven, eight weeks on the job, but to get and keep the recruiting efforts at CU at an elite level, at a certain point, you're going to have to have buy-in from donors with deep pockets, and that only comes with winning.
0: Coors is near Boulder. Yeah, uh, Coors is uh, funneling money or funding money to uh, Brandon Moore, former Sooner in his program, Colorado School of Mines, who was in the national championship this year. Yeah, the Coors factory, I have toured it before in Golden, Colorado, uh, not far at all from, from Boulder. Yeah, so I I don't know if Cougars would get involved with uh, CU or not. (laughs) Brian in Tulsa said, I'll give you 420 reasons on NIL. Uh, Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. USC in Colorado in the NIL Bowl. Um, In regards to Dion, will he have to lean on his coordinators to recruit in the trenches? I. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. You lean on your coordinators to recruit. That, I mean, that's their jobs. But he's going to have to find someone on that staff. And I think Dion can recruit down linemen. It's just, is Colorado capable of getting those guys? Because, and this is more of a national recruiting conversation. But we had this a couple of times. Is, you know, not only is there more talent in the southeast than maybe there's ever been, you know, there's just not the war daddies that we call them. They're just not really there on the west coast. As much as maybe they used no, to be. No, they're not. Like, it's the same thing for USC. Like, USC can get skilled players in the state of California. Absolutely. That has not changed. But they're going to have to go to the southeast and to get big-time down linemen, to get big-time line, linebackers. And they got Tackett Curtis from Louisiana, but they need more than just Tackett Curtis. That's the same thing for Colorado is you can't just go out west and expect to have a championship-level defensive line. They are in the southeast. That's where they're at, the majority of them. And if you're USC, if you're Colorado, if you're Oregon, if you're all those schools, you've got to figure out a way to have a pipeline to that area of the country. And Deion Sanders is probably your best way to do that, to get in those um, schools in the South. Yeah, in terms of building a pipeline, especially with Deion having spent a couple years
1: at Jackson State, people know who he is in that region. He played at Florida State. He played for the Falcons. Dion is a name that people know everywhere, but he's certainly no stranger in the southeast. And so the question becomes, how quickly can Colorado establish a presence in that region of the country? Because there's a lot of competition. It's a feeding frenzy for elite prospects down that way.
0: 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. A lot to get to on this Friday. Is OU done? I mean, are they done-done for 2023? What's the latest with OU search for a wide receiver in the transfer portal? We'll get to that next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the home Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref. We're the home Sooner fans. That texture wasn't lying. Israel uh, did pop up on the uh, map, by the way, for our app listenership today. What up, ref army? It's a Friday. Bristol, Rhode Island has checked in. Georgetown, Texas is listening, Salt Lake City, Atlanta, Cary, North Carolina, small town of the day in Oklahoma. Temple, Oklahoma is checked in today via the Ref app. Just Wait, search- Temple, Oklahoma, didn't we just do that one? Did we? Yeah, Did we like it a couple week? days ago.
1: Oh. Might have been like Monday, I Well, think. loyal listeners
0: in Temple, Oklahoma.
1: Okay, That's what we fairly. found out, huh? Yeah, look at that. Is is Temple, Oklahoma the first Oklahoma small town of the week of the day
0: twice in the same week? It may be. You know what? I'm glad it's Temple if they get that uh, if they get that unique honor. K R E F in the app store. You can listen to us wherever you're at on the go, including tomorrow, because I'll be at four oh five Burger Bar in Norman from one to two thirty. Doing an OU Baylor pregame show for the men's hoops game. So, KREF in the App Store, best way to listen to that on your way to the LNC. Big buns, real meats, Yeah, hey, 405 Burger I'm going to tell you what. Is it good? 405 Burger Bar. Have you been there?
1: I'm uh, Not. In, tomorrow will be my first time. Really? You've yeah. voiced all those commercials and you've never- Big sam- buns? You've never, real meats. You've, you've never <laughs> gotten a taste of the big buns and the real meat? Not yet. Tomorrow's yeah. the day, though. Man, it goes hard. It is some good stuff.
0: And you are a um, you are a food critic- and I, very I, I much guess am. to be fair, I mean you're out on the road enough. Like maybe you, maybe you should be. But food for you is very much it's awesome or it sucks. Like there's kind of <laughs> no in between. <laughs> that's, that's pretty
1: true. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to burgers, man, like I don't want a burger that's a giant grease ball. You know, like I want to, I want to eat a substantial burger, but I also don't want to feel like there's a rock in my stomach after eating it. 405 strikes a very nice So I'll be pleased there. tomorrow is what you I, you're I would say
0: so. Okay, good. Uh, you're going to the game tomorrow. Come hang out. 1 to 2.30, 405 Burger Bar in Norman. Uh, one quick text before we uh, get to uh, the 2023 class with OU. Just tuned in. What changed to help us jump to number 4 on 24-7? That's from Olathe, Kansas. Well, Cormani <laughs> McLean flips
1: to Colorado. Oh. That's what we led the show with. Cormani McLean, five-star cornerback out of Lakeland, Florida, flipped his commitment from Miami to Colorado, thus dropping Miami below
0: Oklahoma in the 2023 team rankings. That was a great text you guys had uh, during <laughs> during you and Steely show. <laughs> Just yes. tuned in. Have you discussed insert OU athletic story here? That's how good. Hey, that's fine. We'll revisit it. I know not all of you can tune in from two to three, but it was it was still good. Yeah, that was an S-tier text um, without question. Any anyone at all. That we need to pay attention to in the 2023 class. Juco kid, late ad high school kid, or is it just done for OU in I guess 2023?
1: the one guy that you could maybe keep an eye on down the stretch here would be junior college defensive lineman Michael Wacocha. Uh, that's a guy that Oklahoma has offered, is in pretty good standing with right now. Uh, I, I'm hard-pressed to believe that they're the only school that's going to end up with a very legitimate chance to land the kid, and I know he wants to take a series of official visits. So uh, you also got to factor into account that when you get this late in the process, there are schools that start to get desperate sure, and might start throwing around big money just to get a body. They a see position. their team
0: during the spring, and they're like, oh. Yeah, they're uh, like, yeah, oh, we need,
1: help. we need a defensive <laughs> lineman badly. So keep an eye on Michael Wakocha. I don't get the sense we're – imminently close to a decision from him, but OU appears to be in pretty decent shape there. Uh
0: transfer portal, wide receiver. I, I guess we we have to give up on the uh, on, on Jaron Bradley, tech wide receiver. Yeah. I, I know there's another, you know, portal cycle, but I, I feel like that one's like okay. He's staying Yeah, there. well, and we talked about it on Monday. If we got to
1: midweek and he hadn't entered the portal yet, you could pretty much regard that one as dead in the water, and I do right
0: now. Yeah. Well, who else is in the portal at wide receiver? You got A.D. Mitchell, transfer from Georgia. I see a crystal ball out there for Texas, and it kind of sounds like that's still where it's trending. A.D. Mitchell, former dog to Austin, Texas. Yeah. I, Texas,
1: as soon as he entered the portal, that was instantly the team with the buzz. So, uh Longhorns look to be in the best shape there. Uh, by, by the way, how about this text from Peyton? I remember you guys just doing it. Yes, I remember this too because Parker said I've heard of Temple, Texas before, but not Temple, Oklahoma. And Temple, Texas will always be a core memory for me because on the way to Padre Island spring break my sophomore year, that sounds fun. I broke down there and had to change the alternator on the side of the road. That sounds awful during rush hour. Hey, props to you, Peyton. There are very few men these days, that have the capacity to change an alternator on the side of the road. A lot of them would have just or called Or to even identify
0: assistance. that the alternator is the issue. For real, man. <laughs> like, mad props. And Peyton. I'm not saying that I'm one of those, by the way. No, Peyton, you're a real man out there. And, and I, I've met Peyton a couple times. He's a cool dude. And I'm going to guess, and I really appreciate this, is that when the alternator goes out, there's no thought, Parker, of, oh, well, it just wasn't meant to be. I'll get my alternator fixed and I'll turn back around. I'm going to guess Peyton said, well, turning back's not an option. I'm already all the way down here. I'm going to get the alternator fixed and then I'll still make it to Padre for spring break. Like that, that, that is thinking right there. That's commitment. I uh, like that. From a 405 listener. Afternoon fellas, doing some traveling listening from Casper, Wyoming. Ooh, uh will you give me a recommendation on that because my wife and I were in Colorado a lot, uh, especially around the Denver area, and we've thrown around the idea of like going up to uh, Wyoming for like lunch just to say that we've uh, been in the state. So, Let you have never been to Wyoming? Not no, I haven't. Wow. No. Yeah. It's a cool state, very remote. Very oh, I long. would imagine. I like we- in Montana, there's not a whole lot going on out there. Yeah, Oklahoma
1: City has about twice the population of the entire state of Wyoming, <laughs> yeah, if that tells <laughs> you anything. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> you, yeah. 972, what the hell is an alternator? That's great.
0: <laughs> I love that.
1: Uh, uh, somebody said in about two hours you'll have a listener that could
0: pee over the Rio Grande. Oh, well, don't send us, send us a picture of that, Chris, yeah, no, if you don't mind. You can tell us about it. No, just no, no pics, please. No visual evidence. Um, Brandon Drums seemed pretty optimistic last hour about David Stone and OU's chances. Yeah, I
1: mean, I just, I I don't know why anyone wouldn't be optimistic about David Stone and OU's chances. If, if you've been following the arc of that recruitment, it's pretty clear that the only other team right now that has a puncher's chance is Michigan State, a program that just lost its defensive line coach. And look, David Stone's a five-star. A five-star is going to take a whole bunch of visits. He's going to build his brand. He's going to build up his NIL valuation. So don't think that just because you see David Stone visiting Ohio State, which he'll probably do at some point, don't think that just because you see him visiting Ohio State, suddenly there's smoke for David Stone to Ohio State. No, there's not. No, there's not. Just because a kid is visiting a school does not mean that school is legitimately in play. Yeah. Please just keep that in mind. I don't want to hear in three months – when Stone's making his cycle of visits throughout the summer that, oh, suddenly, um, I don't know, Florida State's a team to watch for Davis. No, they're not. No,
0: they're not. This is Oklahoma's race to lose it has always been Oklahoma's race to lose. Boy, Todd Bates is just a relationship builder, and that's kind of what I took away from uh, Brandon. You know, like, well, no, I, I didn't need Brandon to say that he has a close relationship with Todd Bates to make me think that Todd Bates is elite at building relationships. It's just that that's where he really thrives, man. Like like Todd Bates. And yes, text line, I know that they didn't get David Hicks. I was there for that whole saga. I remember. Oh, were we? Yes, we were all there. That's kind of the ace in your back pocket when you're talking about recruiting elite defensive line. It just seems like this guy has an elite knack of, for these kids, like, yeah, but I'm closest with Todd Bates. That's what it feels like most often. Yeah, and here's what will happen.
1: Either David Stone will be a Sooner, or he's going to get a massive amount of money to go somewhere else. It's going to be DJ
0: Hicks all over again. And I say that, and people are instantly freaking out. This is one of of those where you're going to have to say, no, I didn't say that about five Exactly. Exactly.
1: There's probably – somebody's probably typing up a message board thread right now. Parker said (laughs) David Stone's going to be DJ Hicks all over again. Uh, No, I mean that in the sense that that what it's going to come down to is whether the relationship with Todd Bates wins out or if there is an – Incredible amount of money on the table for him elsewhere. And look, after losing DJ Hicks, I have no doubt that Oklahoma is going to put whatever money is necessary in front of David Stone to keep him in state.
0: I mean, we're going to have to talk, we're going to have to be talking about a figure that is off the charts 13 if million. Jaden Rashada money. Well, I guess it's not Jaden Rashad (laughs) because he didn't get that. But, you know. Ron and Alito says, is Stone the war daddy we've been looking for? Uh, I mean, he's a five-star defensive lineman, so. Yes. Yes. War daddy? (laughs) Yes. 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 The
1: top two dudes at defensive line in the class of 2024, Williams Nguyenary and David Stone certified war daddies and this is coming from somebody that's seen them both in
0: person several times those dudes are ridiculous i bet there will be some big names that enter the portal via receiver this spring says the 405 um maybe we'll we'll, we'll see i it feels like the first portal cycle that's when you get most of your big names and it feels like if you're entering the portal after spring ball parker I feel like you're going to get more kids that – they're entering the portal for a reason after spring ball. The writing's on the wall that, well, they weren't going to get a whole lot of play at the current school they were at. Yeah. So. And, by the way, just to alleviate whatever
1: worries were created by my comparison between the David Stone recruitment and the DJ Hicks recruitment, I I want to read you a quote that I got from Sammy Omasigo at the All-American Bowl. Because, look – If it becomes a virtual replay of the DJ Hicks situation, OU's going to end up with David Stone. And here's why. This is what Samuel Masigo told me at the All-American Bowl. Because as you'll recall, leading up to the early signing period, we made mention of it, there was some buzz that Oklahoma was back in play for DJ Hicks. And oh, if people only knew how real that was. Here's what Sammy said about the DJ Hicks situation and how close Oklahoma came to flipping him in the month of December by virtue of relationships. Oh, my goodness. DJ was 0.5% away. It was so crazy. He was right there. But, and hear this carefully, but the parents and the family think that the best decision for him is AM, so got to sure respect they did.
0: That. Yeah, I'm sure they did think that that was the best
1: direction.
0: Again, yeah.
1: again. If it comes down to, and if it is, identical in nature to the D.J. Hicks recruitment, you're not going to have people in David Stone's circle that
0: push him with some element of force to a place like Texas A&M. Sure. All right, 405-651-3439. You know the number. It's the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll get to that and a whole lot more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Hey, all you high school basketball fans out there. Oh, we have a treat for you right now on krefsports.tv. We've got two high school tournaments going on as we speak. The John Nobles Invitation uh, at Moore and the Bruce Gray Invitational. Uh, that's out at Deer Creek. So, 2.30, we got two games probably just now getting underway Ardmore in Putnam City. That's a boys game. That should be pretty good. Out at the John Nobles Invitational. Bruce Gray Invitational. Deer Creek in Western Heights. It's a girls game. So, krefsports.tv. We live stream a lot of high school events. we got high school basketball coming your way this weekend, which is pretty cool. Uh, What's your birth month? Random question. February. February. So, you need a Hail Mary to win a game. Your birth month is the former sooner you're counting on. You were counting on Marvin Mims as your... Uh, I will
1: take my odds.
0: Then. Yeah? You like that? My Thank birthday's you. in January, so I've got Sterling Shepard as my Hail Mary guy. Okay.
1: I don't know. Well, it's, it's, I, think, I feel like both Mims and Shepard are one of those guys where in order to hit the Hail Mary, you're going to have to throw the ball early and let them yeah. run under it because they're two guys that can get behind the secondary. But if you're talking about a jump ball... I think we're both in a tough position there, if that's what it comes
0: to. Well, I mean, Shep did uh, make an incredible catch on a fade route in Knoxville, Tennessee, and Teddy and I were throwing around yesterday like, do you remember in your lifetime OU completing a Hail Mary? And the text line was like, well, yeah, what about the Kale Mary with Kale Gundy? Oh, yeah, of course. Marvin Mims has caught the closest thing to the Kale Mary. What he did in the OU-Texas game two years, that yeah, was like, that was a – it wasn't a Hail Mary at the end of the half, but it was – I mean, it was kind of the no, same like, thing. No, like
1: legitimately, situationally, that's one of the best catches, maybe the best catch in the history of the OU program. To get that foot down, I mean, yeah. that's right on the pylon, man. And again, given the situation, you're down by one possession. There's, what, seven minutes left in that game. It's third and 19. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't remember about that play. It
0: was third and 19. That's an NCAA football play where it's 3rd-19. and Well, hopefully I get one-on-one here, and I'll just throw it up to my best wide receiver and see what happens. Yeah, which happened
1: so many times in that game. Caleb Williams was just like, all right, screw it. I got nowhere to go.
0: We're taking the shot to the best receiver on the field. The only difference is uh, NCAA football, which hopefully it comes back soon, they don't have the technology and the graphics to make a play like Marvin Mims did over there. No, they do not. (laughs) They, they, They don't have that technology yet. Uh, let's see, besides Atabare and Peyton Bowen, what other incoming defensive freshmen should we keep an eye on as far as making an impact in 2023? That's from uh, the text line. Samuel Masigo and Lewis Carter. Yeah. I say the conversation
1: has to start with those two. And I, I think Macari Vickers is going to have a case as well. And with those guys in the secondary, I don't know if there's going to be – a need to rush them onto the field any earlier than necessary. Well, I think you would hope
0: not. Yeah.
1: I think you have enough depth at both cornerback and safety right now, enough quality depth that you don't have to shoehorn those guys into a role right off the bat and you can ease them in. But I think with Oklahoma's depth at linebacker right now, I think when you look at the fact that the Sooners elected not to bring in a guy or two via the portal at that position, I think they're counting on Omasigo and Carter in particular being guys that at the very least see rotational snaps right from the get-go.
0: By the way, uh, I was—I think all Sooners had it. Um, PJ, he was he was a basketball player initially. Yeah. That's, that's what he wanted to do. Well, thank God he's playing football because he's really, turns out he's really, really good at football, and I'm sure he would have been really good at basketball as well. But uh, football seems like his calling. Well, so. I mean, PJ, like
1: the, the funniest thing about the kid is he legitimately doesn't realize how good he is at football. I, he's, just, he's just playing. He's just going. He was a virtually unrecruited tight end until a month before his junior year of high school. And then they decided, you know what, we'll try this kid out at edge rusher and now he's a five-star a year
0: and a half later. Jacoby Johnson will be the best secondary player from this class as the 405 if he commits to playing defense and only football. Is that still a worry about him and hoops? I I don't think so.
1: Here's my thing, and I've been on this train for probably a year and a half since Jacoby Johnson's junior season. I think he's got a tremendous future on both sides of the ball, and I want to acknowledge that, but for my money – Jacoby Johnson has a higher ceiling at the wide receiver position, and it would not shock me at all if that's what he ends up playing.
0: Yeah, I mean he's just athletically gifted, man. Um, he's he's got some hops. Like if you go back and you look up some of the highlights from this basketball season at Mustang, you um, can fly. And I think at corner or wide receiver or wherever the secondary, he, he he's got a chance yeah, to have well, a pretty and good I, career. I've long said
1: right that you if you have a guy who has the capacity to play on both sides of the ball and contribute substantially at the power five level in the vast majority of cases I would say it's better that that guy played defense yeah Jacoby Johnson is one of those guys that's an exception because as a receiver he's just so special that I think OU's missing an opportunity if they don't deploy Jacoby at receiver I wonder if he has a
0: career trajectory not unlike that of Andre Wolfolk um well I that was my pick yesterday you, you got to have someone in the end zone to catch a hail mary for a win. I, I went with Wolfolk, played wide receiver and corner, six foot three, and he could also block kicks as well. Um, that'll play. Um, some local and national news before we hit a break. Rashawn Woods, former Oklahoma State wide receiver, he's been the head coach at Enid uh, for for a few years now. He's heading to Tyler, Texas, to be the head coach down there. Uh, which is interesting. So Rashawn Woods will no longer be in state. Clayton Smith, former Sooner. Uh, he's going to Arizona State in the portal. So I what I think that's OU's third guy that's in it in a in a uh in a power five school, correct? Uh, Nick Evers and Theo Weiss, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so he's number three. LD Washington looks like he was kind of formally announced earlier today. Eric Gilbert is going to Nebraska, and Husker fans are excited about that one. That's an interesting get for them at tight ends. I mean, <laughs>
1: I don't know if anybody's ever going to be able to get Eric Gilbert right when it comes to his focus on football. But if that pans out, that has the opportunity to be huge for Nebraska because that's a program that just hasn't had many guys as gifted as that from an athletic standpoint over the yeah. last decade or so.
0: Um, I-, I am getting to eye roll territory with the whole Jeff Levy stuff. Um, yeah. I-, I made it pretty clear that I, I- – He's he's coming back next year. But when I saw the Ravens rumor that is slowly starting to, you know, make itself make its way to the internet, I'm like, really? Are we doing this? Like like I'll bring it up because it's out there, but come on, he ain't the Baltimore Ravens, that's not happening. I'm not going to the Baltimore Ravens. Does John Harbaugh strike
1: you as the type of guy that's gonna permit his football team to adopt a tempo offense?
0: Um. Not really. Honestly. Exactly. And I guess like, Lamar Jackson's gonna have a say on who the next OC is. I, I don't know I, how much of a say is that really. But yeah, and I, I'm, I'm with you. How many would Lamar it. have with Jeff? Yeah, Ludwig. when you think of like great Ravens teams, you don't think of. A hurry-up, up-tempo type of offense. Like, that's just not what you think of when you think of the Ravens. You think about an average quarterback that's winning because they have an elite defense. <laughs> Three yards in a cloud of dust, essentially, running the ball. The Ravens have
1: always been the exact same football team for the quarter century that they've been in existence. They're a team that always plays two 16-13 games against the Steelers every single year, and that pretty much encapsulates the way that they go about their business. Yeah. The Ravens are not going to be running tempo.
0: So I'm already eye-roll territory with all this uh, Bama, Georgia, TCU stuff for Lebby. Well, I guess TCU's off the table now. But when it comes to the Ravens, e- even more so. Yeah. Even more so. Yeah, Major, major eye-roll territory.
1: <laughs> I, like, I was already there earlier this week with the Alabama stuff. The fact that this Ravens thing is even making the rounds, it's like I,
0: I, I legitimately can't roll my eyes any further back in my head. Um the Ravens are the Iowa of the NFL says Chapstick. I I don't I mean the Ravens have won a Super Bowl. Well, I guess a couple, right? They won in 2001. They, they 2000 beat the Giants and then they uh yeah, beat the Niners in the uh, Harbaugh Bowl. Oh, here's a nice text. I met Sammy
1: Omesego at OU Texas this year before the game. Talked to him for 5 minutes or so. Asked him what sold him on OU and he said, "BV, BV is the truth." I said, you're going to be a Sooner no matter what happens today, right? Yes, sir, no doubt about it, he said. You could tell he was 100% bought in and was so mature and polished in a conversation. Excited to watch him play. Yeah, Sa- Sammy's one of my favorite kids I've ever covered, man. Because he's like, – you, you want to talk about a cultural fit at the University of Oklahoma? Yeah, he sounds
0: like it. Sammy's a cultural fit. Yeah. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We'll close up Locked In next. Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. We are the home Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Um, If I were to say to you, hey, when you think of a portal winner and a portal loser, what's one team for each that you immediately think of? Let's start with portal winner. When you think of a transfer portal winner this cycle, who do you immediately think of?
1: Oklahoma's high on the list, to be honest. I don't know if that's the team that's won the portal, but I think that's a pretty consensus opinion across the country. I mean, heck, you could – honestly, you could take the two Power 5 programs in the Sooner State and <laughs> yeah, and, yeah uh, do for like each. Oklahoma
0: was very much a portal winner. Oklahoma State yeah. was very much a portal loser. Yeah, 24-7 says portal winners. Florida State, which, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they did a great job. Colorado, Auburn, UCLA, USC, uh, LSU, SMU, Michigan. Portal losers, Oklahoma State. Arkansas, Arizona, South Carolina, and Kent State. And for about half a second I'd say Kent State oh oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lost their quarterback and their best wide receiver. Kent State like is decimated by the transfer portal this uh, this cycle. Uh, and they also lost their head coach amidst all that, and Sean Lewis, who became the new offensive coordinator yeah, of Colorado. Yeah, that's too, true. So. Uh, text line, David Stone's Twitter profile pic still has him in an MSU uniform. Oh, boy! Is he playing at MSU? Michigan State, by the way. Why Why do people do this?
1: Why, why, why do people pay attention to these things? Well, I know why people pay attention to these things, but why do people put stock in these things? Yes, his um, profile picture is a picture of him in a Michigan State jersey. He likes Michigan State. I'm not going to try to disavow that. I also don't believe that matters in the end because I think the kid's going to end up a sooner.
0: Uh, 210, any more staff changes that may happen? I'm not going to name names and positions, but I think y'all may know what and who I'm referring to. You are asking about Ted Roof is what I'm
1: guessing. I... I'm to the point where I'm like, well, if a change
0: hasn't been made yet, it's hard to think a change is going to be made. I, that's kind of where I'm at. And I thought before the year that there was definitely a chance that that change along with the wide receivers coach was going to happen. But we, we're not, like, super late into this thing. Like, spring ball isn't imminent necessarily. It's just, like, you go off what you hear and really what you don't hear. And what I don't hear is that any imminent coaching changes are happening. That's what I'm going off of. Yeah. I I, I don't I I don't feel like that, that that's imminent at all. I yeah. I I would guess that the staff that you have right now at this given second is probably the staff that you will have um, in early September when you kick the thing off. That would be my guess.
1: Yeah. I, and honestly, especially with junior days on the horizon, if you were going to make a change, it would have been made by now because you always got to consider the recruiting fallout that's going to happen from coaching changes and. Given that Ted Roof is still your linebacker's coach and defensive coordinator, as we sit eight days away from OU's first junior day, I'm pretty comfortable asserting that whatever buzz there was about Ted Roof being reassigned or relieved of duty, uh, th- that's going to end up pretty moot.
0: Yeah. Were you uh, you going to be in the North Texas area tomorrow? I will
1: be making the rounds. You going to be in yeah. a
0: seven-on-seven?
1: Uh, there is a seven-on-seven seven event in Plano. I may or may not drop by. There's another one down there next week, a much bigger tournament. So I don't really—I—I I, I don't think it's a backbreaker if I don't make it out to Plano for that one tomorrow, because a lot of those same teams will be right back there the following weekend. But yeah, that's—that's that's the
0: plan. Albeit, uh, Norman, maybe at a certain basketball game tomorrow at 3 p.m. I don't know if you can say uh, any game is a must-win in January, but no, uh, it's okay. You can say it. <laughs> it feels like with what they have next week at TCU and Alabama at home, whew, need to uh, need to go ahead and uh, need to go ahead and win this one. That's that's what I would say. I Bucky's would say,
1: for lunch, said one listener. Yeah, probably barbecue tomorrow.
0: sandwich at Bucky's.
1: That never misses. You know, I'm actually not big on their barbecue sandwiches, to be honest. Like there are many other things at Bucky's that I will gravitate towards before their uh, chopped brisket sandwich. Well, I
0: can't wait to have a burger from 405 Burger Bar since you <laughs> gave it the endorsement earlier yes. today. Full endorsement. I'll be Ringing there. Endorsement in Norman, one to two thirty tomorrow. You know, we're calling it a basketball pregame show, and how I'm going to approach it. Like I'm going to talk about the men's game at three. Like this show leads up to the men's game. I, I think we got to talk about the women's game too. Oh, you women. They're really good. Yes, they are. Atop the uh, Big 12 standings right now, they play an exciting brand of basketball, and they have a three-point shooter that's just a handful of threes away from setting the NCAA record. So we'll talk about both tomorrow. It'll be fun. All right, that'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.